0: You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over onto the website. So if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to AlterXArtifact.com. That is AlterXArtifact.com. Now back to the show.
1: Get those uh, supernatural selection ribbons in, by the way, David. Also, we're gonna hand out like a hundred ribbons with the URL at DragonCon. Perfect. Yep, and they all say "Cosmic Death Fungus Enthusiast." <laughs> and that being said, welcome to Supernatural Selection. This is your weekend weird. I'm your host Kevin Hayman. With me are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you this week? I am full of fried rice. I envy you. Yes, I fried it myself. You fried it all by yourself. Yep. I'm excited for you. That's cool. And we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you this week?
0: Doing pretty well. I've been boning my way across Sanctuary.
1: Is this a? uh, Is it? Yeah,
0: I'm playing a necromancer on Diablo Four, and my skills are bone adjacent. So, I
2: I I thought you were just having (laughs) sex across a church. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you weird, uh, no, weird man. Not yet. lately. Not this time. No. no. So guys, uh, what have we got to talk about up top? First off, there's some there's been a gross uh mistake made. We need to welcome our newest patron to the Patreon, Ghost Forge. <gasps> Woo! So thank you. For your donation, Ghost Forge, we are very happy to have you. Uh, I have tried to record uh, something for the Patreon twice now, and mm-hmm. cats are the bane of my existence when I try to record alone.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and beyond that, you know, we want to thank everyone that has been listening, and a reminder that we do, in fact, have a Patreon, and you can find a link to that at rocks. Now, Uh that being said, it's the weekend, Weird. David, would you like to start us off?
0: Yeah, so we're going to talk about the uh, 2,000-pound UAP in the room.
1: Um, Ooh, that's a big one. So,
0: right, uh, Wednesday of last week, we had another congressional hearing. Um, Much like the previous one, not a whole lot to it. Uh, I watched the whole thing. I want my money and my time back. <laughs> they, they can they can cut me a tax refund check
1: um yeah no it's so, understandable
0: <laughs> so I, I what i'm gonna do is i i do have some notes but i'm gonna kind of pull together from um three articles that i think lay out the situation pretty well uh we'll make sure that we have those articles in the show notes and everything like that um but yeah i i watched and i took notes and everything like that and it's a whole. A lot of nothing, to be honest.
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> so, um, what was I going oh yes. to say? It's unfortunately seems to be the way all this goes. Yeah. Yeah, and it,
0: I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. So, uh, first article. I'm kind of a brief overview uh, from uh, NBC News. Here are the five most memorable moments from con- uh, Congress's UFO hearing. So. Uh, as far as the hearing goes, there are three gentlemen who testified. Mm-hmm. Um, Lieutenant Ryan Graves, Executive Director for Americans for Safe Aerospace and a former Navy F-18 pilot.
3: Right.
0: Um, okay, David, Gr- David Grush, who we've probably heard a lot about.
1: We've talked about Grush, yes.
0: Yeah, a former Senior Intelligence Officer for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. And the last gentleman was retired Navy Commander David Fravor. Um, Fravor? Fravor, yep. Um, So a House Oversight Subcommittee held a hearing on UFOs, specifically known as Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs, and heard mystifying testimony about unexplained objects and government possession of non-human biological matter. Um, Lawmakers on the committee, baffled by some of the testimony, repeatedly noted that UAP sightings are an issue of bipartisan concern and raise national security questions. Separately, some accused the federal government of endeavoring to conceal key UFO-related information from the public, though they did not provide evidence to support these allegations.
1: Right. That's, that's one of the things that I've uh, been hearing about with uh, the whole thing is they make all these extraordinary claims, and mm-hmm. uh, they have no extraordinary proof to go along with it.
0: Yes, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into some of these claims. So sure. the first sub-headline in this article is government is, quote, absolutely in possession of UAPs. Okay. Um, this, this claim comes from none other da- than David Grush, who we've been hearing a lot about. Yep. Um, he told the panel that he is, quote, absolutely certain that federal government is in possession of UAPs. Signing interviews he said he conducted with 40 witnesses over a four-year period. The former U.S. US intelligence official said he led Defense Department efforts to analyze reported UAP sightings and was informed of a multi-decade Pentagon program that endeavored to collect and reconstruct crashed UAPs. Asked by Representative Jared Moskowitz, Democrat of Florida, how such a program is funded, Grouch claimed that the efforts uh, are above congressional oversight and bankrolled by a misappropriation of funds. Uh, Moskowitz would then ask, does that mean that there is money in the budget that is going to a program uh, that is meant to go to a program, but it doesn't and goes to something else? And then Grush claims, yes, I have specific knowledge of that, though he did not provide more details, claiming the information remains classified. So that's one of the big things from this whole thing is, uh, David Grush, you know, when we, we've heard his song and dance for like a couple months now leading up yeah. to this. And it's a lot of, like, oh, no, trust me, bro, I've, I've yeah. done the research, I've interviewed now, the people. We totally have UAPs.
1: Now, my, um, I want to ask you something yeah. real quick about this. When we covered the uh, the whole Groosh thing during the Weekend Weird you and me did that week, Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we figure out that he used to be a disinformation agent, and now he's like, but no, totally, this time I'm telling the truth?
2: Um, I'm trying to remember which one. Hey, I don't remember. I
1: okay. say. All right. That's fair. Well,
0: if he's a misinformation agent, he's doing a hell of a job right now. Oh, yeah. All right. So, second claim. Quote, non-human biologics were found at a crash site.
1: You know what qualifies as a non-human biologic? Come. An- anteaters. Oh. Okay. Dogs, cats, <laughs> g- uh, Gerbils. Fish. Don't come. Yeah. Don't, uh, come <laughs> enough with the come. My God. Okay. Yes. True. Any form of come. Well, no human come just is human biologic. So, but yeah, non-animal loads everywhere. Yep. Just fucking cat spooge all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Continue. Um. Again, this is Grush. Um, Grush, who underscored that he has not personally spotted a UAP told the panel that he knows of quote multiple colleagues who were injured by UAPs he also I, said he has interviewed individuals who have recovered quote non-human biologics from crashed UAPs um, Grush said that he prefers the term non-human rather than alien or extraterrestrial it,
1: uh, that's semantics okay? <laughs> that's semantics I mean it's yeah. still it, just say an alien Alright? Just fucking say an alien. I don't care if it's from another dimension. Just say an alien.
0: Um, Asked by Representative Eric Burleson, a Republican of Montana, to substantiate the crashed UAP's claim, the former intelligence official said he cannot divulge specific details. Huh? Funny. (laughs) Once again claiming the information was too sensitive to share with the public. He Mm, did, however, describe the nature of what he saw. Quote, I have to be very careful here, Mm But what I personally witnessed, myself and my wife, was very disturbing. Uh, Naturally, a Pentagon spokesperson told NBC News that Grouch's claims are false. So, again, it's another, like, oh no, dude, I totally saw, like, recovered alien bits.
1: But I can't tell you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: right. so here's the third major takeaway from this, um... Officials must establish a safe and transparent reporting process. We talked a lot about this last time we did the congressional thing because there's a lot of concern about, like, these things being in the airspace. Right. Maybe they're not of extraterrestrial origin. Maybe they're spy drones or something like
1: that. There's still unlicensed air vehicles in our airspace causing problems and could cause, like, not even from a national security problem. This could fuck up, like. What if one of these things plowed into a friggin' airliner?
0: Yeah. I mean, so, for so like, obviously, uh, Groosh not the best sort of witness for this sort of thing. He's kind of the crackpot in all of this. Um, however, Ryan Graves, one of the men who was testifying, former Navy pilot, told the panel that military pilots do not feel adequately briefed on UAPs, which he said leaves them unprepared to respond to UAP encounters, which I think is valid.
1: That's... that's can,
2: right, Mike? That's... I mean... I guess, but, you know, I guess it all depends on what exactly they are.
0: Well, yeah, you see yeah well, that, that's weird, the thing. They
2: don't know what these are. Yeah, but If you don't know what it is, you can't be properly briefed on
1: it. Well, all I'm well, saying I, is like, I, hey, you might see some weird glowy shit up there. I don't well, know, like, I don't
0: know. And, and, you know, maybe we like, see enough of certain UAPs to, like, classify them. You know uh, what I uh, mean? Uh, so... Uh, you know, we, we don't know what the fuck it is, but we know that it's an orb, and an orb has generally this sort of pattern,
2: or like, something like that. It's being briefed on a flock of geese.
0: <laughs> I, I that's mean, that, really... that, that's fair, that's fair, but um, I, I don't think he's out of line with this. Um, I mean, I'm just,
1: I mean, it... I guess it depends on how often it happens.
0: Well, well. Apparently, he also claims that commercial airline pilots have spotted
1: UAPs too. Now that I've heard stories of from airline pilots.
2: Mm-hmm. But um, of course,
1: it was UFOs. Yeah. It was the seventies, and there was a lot of drinking in the seventies. Here's <laughs> the problem,
2: though, is that you know there's lots of stuff in the air, and you know when you have a split second to see something, you can't tell if that was a a, you know, something really weird or if it was in fact just a goose
0: yeah no, no, I. I get what you're saying but I also think that, yeah, I think just being able to make it more transparent and less consequences to like reporting shit like this, if it does end up making us safer by, you know creating some sort of classifications, why not
2: I don't think there's any like problems with reporting it now, they've already
0: you know well, that that's, that's It's funny that you mentioned that because here's the fourth point. Stigma associated with sightings silences possible witnesses. Well, here's so the problem though, though is that
2: the stigma you can't control that because that's just your other pilots. You, you can't, you know, that's like uh, teachers trying to, you know, keep kids from bullying each other. I mean, you, it's not something that's 100% well, changeable
0: this isn't necessarily from their peers either based on what i'm reading here well um some witnesses and lawmakers at the hearing argued that the stigma associated with reporting ufo sightings as well as the alleged harassment of those who work to investigate them may be hindering efforts to determine their origins graves told the panel that the stigma silences pilots who fear professional repercussions which he said is compounded by recent government claims questioning the credibility of eyewitness testimony um, well, the federal, you know, in-
2: oh, okay, yeah. Eyewitness testimony is, by its nature, flawed. You know, flawed. Yes. Yeah. No,
1: I will agree with that. So mm-hmm. you know,
2: yes. Um, you have you have to start from a position of belief, but you can't necessarily. Uh,
1: except everything wholesale yeah. that someone tells you. No, I totally understand. I've had right, people right. tell me but, shit that but, I don't believe, but, you know.
0: But, but the issue here is, like, if, if you see some weird shit in the sky that's mm-hmm. kind of, like, making you uncomfortable as a pilot, you shouldn't have to worry about losing your job reporting it. Oh, then,
1: yeah, no, that that's understandable. I that that seems
0: to be that. the main thing that I'm seeing here.
2: Um, I, I thought they have already said, I thought they already, like, did away with that, though.
0: That's a thing, I guess. Apparently not. Um, like it might be better was, now, but then again, was that was what
1: a year ago. It lifted some of the stigma.
0: Yeah, like it was, was like I a understand. what a year ago that that
2: happened. But, and maybe yeah. this is just commercial pilots now, because I'm pretty yeah, sure it was so. all military was.
1: Yeah, you know, no, that's possible.
0: Well, it says the Federal Aviation Administration has no mechanism for pilots to report UAPs and instead directs them to civilian groups that are often dismissed as the domain of cranks and conspiracy theorists.
1: Move on. I feel well,
0: targeted.
2: Well, <laughs> so that, that sounds like a budgetary problem because the, the FAA doesn't have anything set up for that because they don't have the money to set up anything
1: That's for That's true, that. and that would be yeah, why you send them to MUFON and then, you know, so, Jerry from MUFON shows up with, like, Ketchup stains on his shirt.
2: I heard you guys.
0: Uh, I'm sure you hear
2: about UFOs. I'm sure, it's not MUFON, yeah. but it's probably more like you know more local pilots' associations.
0: Oh, oh, oh no, that's that's what they're getting to in this article. Those institutional hurdles led by led Graves to form a first of its kind group that pushes for policy changes, um, serves as a hub for pilot whistleblowers and advocates, uh, and advocates for more disclosure by the military and other government agencies. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Lawmakers said they hope the hearing uh, could help Assange pilots' fears of speaking out. So again, it's also like if the FDA or was it the FDA? FAA. No, FAA. the FAA. Yeah, um, if the FAA doesn't have an, an internal system in place, then stuff like this is going to hopefully raise awareness. Like, okay, well, we need to start budgeting for that
1: or something. I mean, I yeah, don't know take how like much a half a percent
0: have. from the federal military budget and
2: put it
3: into
0: the <laughs> FAA or something.
2: That's that's good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. right. We've been Wait, we've, we
1: can't feed the hungry, but been boy, f- we can nuke some people. We've been fighting for like a quarter
2: of a percent of the military budget for like you know universal health care. Yeah, and see right. where that's gotten.
0: So then uh, the final claim: UFO spotted accelerating to quote supersonic speeds. Uh, this is from the third. Uh, uh, testimony. Um, David Fravor, a former Navy commander, said he and three fellow military pilots spotted a white tic-tac-shaped object in 2004 hovering below their jets and uh, and just above the Pacific Ocean. We've probably all seen the tic-tac video before. Yeah,
1: yeah, obviously, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, As he descended to inspect the sighting, he claimed that the unidentified aircraft which he said bore no visible rotors, wings, or exhaust began to ascend and approach his fighter jet. He claimed that the UAP then vanished, only to reappear a few seconds later, but this time it was spotted 60 miles away. Um, Fravor told the committee that the technology he and his team encountered defies logical explanation. Uh, quote, the technology we faced is far superior to anything we had, Fravor claimed. Quote, and there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that is a threat. So. So that's the, how
0: the article ends, by the way,
2: the, the Tic Tac <laughs> video that that's the one from uh, the, the, the plane. No, well, the, the from the foundation, what's the guy oh, to the guy? stars yeah. from
1: the uh, uh, Tom DeLonge. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tom
0: DeLonge got a name drop in this one. So as well. I've, s-
2: oh, I've seen uh, a takedown of that video. Well, I think a,
1: we've talked about it yeah. on here, the fact that it's a moving object, tracking a moving object yeah. at different and, levels. And, and the and,
2: camera is not stationary. I mean, like, right. like the plane, obviously the camera's on, is moving, but it's also a gimbaling yeah. camera. So as it the camera's turning to track the object, the background object and the plane the camera's mounted on are all moving at different rates. Mm-hmm. So you can't. The the Speech object moving to judge yeah, the, because of that the object moving against the background is not a accurate judge of its velocity or its uh, trajectory. So thanks, Mister Wizard. Yeah. yeah. So so the tic tac <laughs> video is probably yeah. like a bird or something right. against the uh, ocean.
0: You know. Uh, again, fair. Um, I'm gonna mm-hmm. just pull two highlights from two other articles. Um, This one is from Time, What We Know and What We Don't Know About UFOs After the Congressional Hearing. Um, Quoting from here, That doesn't mean that the 650 sightings of UAPs don't bear looking into, especially, many lawmakers and military personnel argue, if they represent advanced military technology deployed by adversarial nations like Russia or China. Quote, if UAP are foreign drones, it is an urgent national security problem, testified U.S. Navy uh, fighter pilot Ryan Graves at yesterday's hearing. Graves said that he once encountered UAP UAP off the coast of Virginia Beach during a training exercise. Quote, if it is something else, it is an issue for science. Um, Continuing from there. And science is where things get awfully tricky, especially when it comes to how and why ET would be coming to our particular spot in the universe. There are up to 400 billion stars in the Milky Way, virtually every one of which is circled by at least one planet and many by multiple planets like our own solar system. Our galaxy is about 100,000 light-years across. A single light-year is just shy of 9 trillion kilometers. Unless Einstein is wrong, and he hasn't been yet, nothing can exceed light speed, and merely approaching it would take an astonishing degree of technological development. You take all those figures and multiply them by 2 trillion or the number of galaxies that observations by NASA's Hubble Space Telescope have estimated are in the universe—that makes for an awful lot of planets and an awful lot of cosmic real estate for visiting spacecraft to cover, just to come to our little world.
1: Unless so, you are ultra-terrestrials.
0: Yeah. So you know uh, they don't even get into ultra-terrestrials here. That's oh, like a little not. too
1: woo-woo for for the, oh, the public. Oh yeah, right no, now. God! If you That's... if you said that, like you could just watch Congress shit their Look. pants. Look, I think right. that's too woo-woo,
2: and every time yeah. Kevin mentions yeah. it, I look at him like potatoes are growing out of his ears. That's fair. But, but
0: you know, you know, if we said there's like oil in another dimension, they would find a way to cross that barrier. Well, see,
2: the problem oh, yeah. is they, they we can't even detect other dimensions, let alone if we know they exist. Right. Oh, they would pump the money into that. If oh there's yeah. Even a hint. Just of
1: tell there's oil. Uh, and but, um, for uh, a limp dick.
0: But you know, I, I I wanted to talk about that one because yeah, like more than likely, a lot of these UAPs, if they're not optical illusions, they're probably more terrestrial based. They are probably drones and that sort of thing, so, and that's the main. Like statistically, you know, the odds are against us of having like alien visitors or interdimensional vi- yeah. uh, visitors.
2: So, so something I just thought of is that uh, mm-hmm. so the the. the you know, other dimensional beings. You know what's more, I find more plausible than that?
1: What's that? Time travelers. You know, that is a completely valid theory. I that mean, I think time travel humans.
2: is still impossible, at least backwards, obviously.
1: But you'd be willing to but, give that more of a shot yeah, because, than extra dimensional beings.
2: Because I think another dimension would be way harder to get to than just okay. the
1: past. Okay. Mm. What about underground civilizations? Uh, Like, what if it's Lacerda?
2: They would have to learn how to breathe magma.
1: Magma. Because we know the density of the earth,
2: and there's no large, habitable pockets down there.
1: You know, I want to throw in, there's two really important things that have not been brought up about all this. Hmm. Number one, have sales on Tic Tacs increased Uh. since that video was released? probably not but no, number 2 i did a quick google search and i can find no link between geese and uaps but there are links to pelicans yeah the fucking pelicans are you still know, an they're, issue
2: they're pretty big too yeah but no and and so i would say you know even all that aside looking into this stuff is worthwhile even with my uh, skepticism because just you know when you think about it you have a pi- you have your pilots up there and they're seeing something even if it is just you know swamp gas and geese you still want to reassure them that what they're seeing mm. is just swamp gas and geese right because you know you don't want them you know freaking out you don't you want them to you know have all the information they can and, you know, in, in case they do see. So, with enemy actor uh, drones or balloons or something, those are way more likely to be caught by radar. But, on the off chance that a pilot does see something that's bad, you know, say it's a super-duper stealth drone or something like that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: You know, then, of course, you know, you do want them to have a way to... Yeah. Report that it, because you won't know what you it see is. something, say something. And you won't know what it is. You'll just know it looks like it didn't appear on radar. Mm-hmm. It was not, you know, because I don't know how much you, either of you know about uh civil aviation, but there's constant <laughs> like comm chatter. Like oh yeah, these pilots, yeah. you know, anyone that's in the area are all on the same frequency, and they're all communicating
1: together. Yeah, it's like being and, on the CB. And any time ten
2: yeah. four rubber duck. Yeah. This Canada goose. And any time a. <laughs> An airplane is not where it's supposed to be, and where it's you know saying it is. It's a bad time.
0: Yeah, some control power, sure. uh, some control tower dude just shitting himself at that yeah. moment. Yeah, and every absolutely. pilot
2: in the uh, vicinity that could have a overlapping uh, yeah. corridor. So you know if, if you know a pilot you know sees an object that obviously isn't on the comm chat chatter, isn't on mm-hmm. his radar, you know it's yeah. it's a problem. Right. Well,
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote from one more article here. This one's from NPR uh, article is U.S. recovered non-human biologics from UFO crash sites. Former Intel officer uh, o- official says. Again, um, it's fish. But, <laughs> yeah, again, it's David Grush. You know, whatever. You don't see me, but I'm making a jerking off motion right now. <laughs> okay, um, that's fair. So, um, here's here's another UAP sighting from one of the more legitimate. Um, uh, witnesses here Um, Mm -hmm. uh, the subcommittee also heard testimony from former Navy uh, fighter pilot Ryan Graves retired Commander David Fravor about their alleged encounters with aircraft of unexplained origin Graves recounted an incident with a flying object off the coast of Virginia Beach in 2014 while flying an F-18 he said he came upon upon an aircraft that looked like a quote dark grey or black cube inside of a clear sphere
1: I've heard of this one Mm -hmm.
0: that he estimated to be 5 to 15 feet in diameter, and unlike any aircraft he had ever seen. Graves claimed the UAP could remain stationary despite hurricane-force winds. He told lawmakers his squadron submitted a safety report at the time, but that he received no official acknowledgement of the incident. According to the former pilot, UAP encounters in that region were not rare or isolated. Uh, Of course, then Graves would later found the uh, Americans for Safe Aerospace... Um, he added, if anyone could see the sensor and video data I witnessed, our national conversation would change. Um, so it, a lot of this is what we've talked about before. No real revelations here. Um, although one of my favorite moments, um, it, and by favorite moment, I mean something that made me want to just end the world. Um, yeah, what's that? One of the representatives had this, like, cringy kind of, uh... So, so, number one, there's a lot of this, like, talk of, like, oh, well, this is bipartisan, this is in a partisan committee. And then, like, one of the representatives goes on to do, like, the most partisan shit possible, um... So this is Mr. Burchett, who's the representative of Tennessee. Oh, fuck um,
1: him. I believe one of our friends of the show uh, yeah. has been bitching about this guy lately. Yeah, go ahead and
0: watch Flagged for Content. Yes. So, um, um, so yeah, he they're, they're talking about the Tic Tac UFO, and he goes tic-tac like the candy, not the tic-tac Chim- uh, Chinese communist app.
1: Oh, fucking <laughs> My
0: daughter said, okay, Boomer. It, it just like, it's this is brain vomit from this guy who should probably <laughs> this be is, in a retirement home.
1: This is the modern version of, it's a series of tubes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just, oh my god, but, but you know, he's like, oh yeah, no, this, and he was the one who kept going like, oh no, this isn't a partisan issue, but he would continue to like, take shots uh, very partisan shots so again just uh, I, I want my two you, hours
1: back I guarantee you in public or private this man has referred to COVID as quote the China virus
0: and I'm sure he's referred to a black person by the n-word
1: oh yeah no obviously yeah Either So of yeah, the that, N-words.
0: That, that was um, a whole lot of nothing and I yeah. apologize but I felt like we needed to cover it
1: yeah, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, it is the stance of supernatural selection and uh, whatever our little organization here is called that both Gruch and Lou Elizondo can both go fuck themselves. Yeah. There we go. Now uh, I signed. Yep. Mike, you down? Um these are the two these are the two yeah. quote whistleblowers that yeah. keep talking disclosure.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, if they if they want up, you know, intercourse themselves, they can. Yeah.
1: Well, I I encourage them to do so. Uh, fact, I, I'm just, I just happy Tom DeLonge
2: got a shout out.
0: Good for him. Yeah. Just, good.
1: Good for him and Blink 182 having reunited. <laughs> I hope I'm, it helps you, sell tickets.
0: You know, it's just I, I keep remembering that album Enema of the State and the very very specific um, song that Tom wrote about aliens. Oh, and it's like, oh god, it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that's my bit. I've got another fun story, but what do you gentlemen have?
1: Well, uh, first off, I just want to say I did look it up, and uh, Tic Tac sales have increased since the Tic Tac video, so uh, I'm going to let Mike tackle the next one.
2: Alright, so... Um, Tic tacle. This is from <laughs> Monday of this week. Ooh. It is... Uh, earlier this year, the New York Times reported that an unknown federal agency had breached official White House policy and used secretive methods to conduct a business deal with uh, a, the NSO group, a blacklisted spyware vendor known for selling powerful surveillance tools. Mm. The uh, agency in question not only brazenly disobeyed the government's official policy, but also but had also used a front company to facilitate the deal, suggesting that it knew what was happening and was not exactly kosher. Is it
1: the IMF?
2: So uh, after the story was published, the FBI was ordered by uh, President Biden to uh, investigate. Now several months later, the bureau's investigation is complete. and it turns out that the agency that disobeyed the White House and purchased this creepy spyware tool was the FBI. The, the FBI mm. investigated itself and found it, in fact, had bought the shitty spyware tool.
0: <laughs>
3: Them
2: sons of bitches. I'm the, surprised that they admitted it. Yeah, that, that, that did kind of blow my mind that, uh, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the right hand found out the left hand was scratching the ass and, mm-hmm. you know, reported back. Our yeah, that's,
1: bad. I, I, it's comedy, but it's also horrifyingly sad and scary.
0: It's dystopian comedy.
1: I'm a little sad nobody said anything about my IMF joke.
2: I didn't <clears throat> quite. It flew over my head.
1: Okay, Impossible Missions Force. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: I've been watching. Yeah, I, I've
0: Mission been watching Impossible a lot movies. of uh, Mission Impossible lately.
1: Me too. Yeah. But yeah, so, that's so this... probably why you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> we'll talk about that on uh, distraction. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: these, but this uh, group has uh, had several tools out of questionable ver- veracity and usage. Uh, one what, of them were they the ones who did Palantir? So they had a tool known as Landmark that was supposed to uh, allow you to triangulate the location of specific mobile users. Uh, there was uh, Phantom, which could reportedly <laughs> hack any phone in the U.S.
0: What's their next one? Adolf?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then there's going to be Hirohito, Mussolini,
0: Fat Man, Little Boy, Yep. Oppenheimer,
1: Bors, Rogan, <laughs> Rogan, <laughs> Jesus, Joe Rogan device. It sprays the area with DMT. Yeah, no, you you set it off, and everything just smells like Axe body spray. So, I just uh, imagine he smells like axe body spray and you can use his head as a roll on. <laughs> but sorry, Mike, I interrupted.
2: No, I was just going to say that uh, and the FBI is claiming that uh, they were tricked into the deal. Uh huh. Yeah. <clears throat> tricked? But that's by that's not
0: great for an agency. Like
2: yeah, that. I know. For the Federal Bureau of Investigation to be tricked into <laughs> buying something.
0: W- w- was the salesman Bugs Bunny? <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> was Daffy, Agent Elmer
0: Fudd <laughs> working there? Daffy, Daffy
1: Duck showed up with a briefcase and just sold it to him. We it, need to spy on our citizens. Uh, yeah, a
2: federal contractor called Riva Networks uh, It was the middleman, and the FBI claims that Riva. Uh, convince them that this tool was in, in-house in developed, but it turns out it's from this uh, NSO. Group. Of course.
0: Sounds like someone had financial interest.
2: Pro- yes. Probably was also, it doesn't say here, but I would wonder if NSO was also Russian, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. I do not know.
3: Hmm.
0: Hmm. You know, Indeed. spy shit was cooler Israeli. back in, like, the 60s and 70s. Now we live in dumb spy times. Oh, yeah, no.
2: It's not also, as fun. They were the same people that did Pegasus as well, yes.
1: You know, nobody these days... Oh, they've done
2: all the shitty spyware.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. They like... did Palantir as well? Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Which well, is
0: the most hilariously evil name for yeah, something? Ca- like let's call it Jesus e-
1: Christ, guys. Let's name it after the evil nut sack from Lord of the Rings that everybody used <laughs> to spy. Brilliant, boys! Just brilliant. Uh, that's a.
0: Oh, uh,
1: I, I, I long for the days of
0: microfiche inside of a pen.
1: I wish it there was more like seduction involved. Yeah, more switchblade shoes. Oh yeah, I want I, I want like a FBI agent like being romanced by like if if their guy get suckered in by like a multi level marketing scheme. I oh. want it to be like a hot person like seducing. Oh God! Um, Palantir is huh. Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel. Oh yeah, who's that? Ooh.
2: Uh, the the guy that uh took down Gizmodo
1: via oh, Hulk Hogan. Fuck him hard. That guy yeah. is a yeah. danger to society and freedom. Yeah. You know, as
0: much as I use PayPal, PayPal has been absolutely awful in giving us terrible people.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean...
2: Emily, I'd say Teal is worse than Musk, but just barely nowadays. Like, a couple years ago, absolutely way worse. Nowadays, mm-hmm. marginally, like, just a hair
1: worse. It's, it's funny you say that, Mike. And he's,
2: he's gaining, he's, like, running down that you know, he's a slow starter, but he's yeah. running down Peter but, Thiel.
1: Mike, it's funny you say that. I literally just saw someone theorize that Musk was possessed by the spirit of rich, low-tax Kayanka <laughs> on the moment of his death, and that's why his life has gone downhill. He is taking the low-tax route. W- found what a, way a to very calm... online reference. I yeah. know, but he also <laughs> found a way to con people out of 10 bucks. Yeah. No,
2: <laughs> it's, it, it's just... Plain old uh, midlife crisis because your super young wife dumped you.
1: Yep, low tax checks out.
2: Well, he was abusing her. Yes, yes, that's true. I mean, I don't I have no idea if Musk was abusive. He could have been. He might just be mind. a dickbag. No.
1: X a the D-bag.
0: platform, ex-wife, ex wife, yeah. ex family.
1: That's a good point. Nope. So, Mike, you got anything else on that one? Uh no, that's pretty much run its course. Okay. Well, first no, off, n-
0: nothing like good old fashioned government dystopian like yeah. spy shit. Well, also, it, it inco-
2: yeah, s- incompetent spy
0: shit.
1: Yes, yeah, stupid spy shit. Like, that, it's like one of those things where the FBI would spy on itself and not know they were spying on themselves. It's like it's like two, fucking get smart. Yeah, it's like two drug. It's like a drug deal going down, and it turns out both of the people are undercover cops. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. Missed it by
0: that much. Well, the CIA
2: <laughs> steps on a... No, the FBI steps on a CIA, you know, op.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so it's, a like, it's like
0: the FBI is trying to sneak up on the CIA, and it steps on its own rake.
1: You know, there is a podcast about this kind of shit I've been meaning to check out called like Alphabet Games. Yeah. Mm, and yeah, I heard uh, about that. it's about that kind of stuff. Well,
2: so. I'm, i was just thinking, you know, the FBI is investigating something and it finds out the CIA's behind it and then in and then the D E A just like comes trundling in like the fucking Kool Aid man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I smell cocaine. <laughs> so uh, before I move on to my story I just want to throw out there that uh, at the in- toward the end of last month Kevin mitnick quote world's most famous hacker passed away mm. at the age of 59 now if you Rest don't who- power yeah now if you don't know who uh, Kevin mitnick is um, I'm going to read the Gizmodo article uh, Kevin Mitnick once considered the most wanted cyber criminal in America passed away at the age of 59. Uh, apparently he died of pancreatic cancer that's what Jobs died of mm-hmm. and in the 80's and 90's he was a hacker he was breaking into various corporations and uh, uh, government computers and he was arrested, served time and when he got out he was under the stipulation that he could not use a computer ever badass yeah, that ass. yeah. yeah.
2: I think even before he was mm-hmm. sentenced, like you know, while they were still in the trial, he yeah. was forbidden from touching
1: the computer. He-
0: he's the closest thing we have to real life Neo.
1: Well, well, here's the thing: there was a movie based on him, and it was called very Hackers, very loosely, mm-hmm. very, very loosely. And, and
2: that was just a character that you know also got in trouble hacking, and yeah. but that character was like you know still a teenager, and he was never like in prison for a long time. He was just. You know, forbidden from touching a computer. But of course,
0: isn't wasn't the guy playing his uh, the character based on him played by Shaggy? Um, What's his name? No, 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 he
1: was in that. He was in that. It was a main character based on Kevin Mitnick. But yeah, and I Angelina Jolie. (laughs) No, the dude that was trying to get in her pants. (laughs) Yes,
0: it's it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm sorry. It's
1: been a while. I'm gonna have to look up who that was, but uh, I think it's funny that when you get out, Johnny
2: Lee Miller
1: okay thank you for that
2: yeah Uh, uh, he's not done
1: anything oh I bet he hasn't (laughs) because he was out of everyone around him he is the one no one gave a shit about because he was like dumb white guy number two that got hired to do that and then like everybody around it has gone on to do stuff Yeah. anyway point is do you know what he did um, after he got out of prison David what did do he do? He was a white hat cybersecurity professional. <gasps> he became the system. He he legally broke into people's systems to test their security, and then yeah. sold them away. <laughs> not have that happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Which is I. It's love like breaking into that. a
0: person's house to sell them ADT.
1: Exactly. And I think that's great, <laughs> especially since it was corporations. Fuck That is
0: badass, man.
1: Yeah, no, I adore uh, Kevin Mitnick and, you know, rest in peace, man. Uh, but that was not my story. I just wanted to get that out of the way because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Mitnick's just one of those figures that for a while he was the shit. He They also had, like, the free Kevin movement online mm-hmm. where you'd see people like uh, this one African-American gentleman inexplicably in a Superman costume holding a sign that said, free Kevin. Hell yeah. And when they did that, uh, one of my friends would joke, free Kevin with purchase of a small Coke. <laughs>
3: <So>. <laughs>
1: anyway, I have a story story, though. Okay. And David, it's from Phantom mm-hmm. and phantomsandmonsters.com.
0: Motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think when th- think this one is as bad as that last two. We'll find out. All right. This one's from Friday, July 14th, 2023. Homeless man encounters short humanoids and coveralls with strange eyewear. <laughs> the, the seven dwarves? It kind of sounds like that. Right. Uh, so, a homeless man attempts to set up a campsite, get warm, and catch some sleep in a small patch of woods. He encounters three unknown humanoids and coveralls with strange eyewear. I received the following account. Quote, At the time that this incident occurred, I was homeless and got around on an old bicycle. One evening, I was looking for a spot to set up a quick campsite in a small patch of woods along a public bicycle path in west-central Dark County, Ohio. I was cold and eager to get a small fire started and get into my sleeping bag. The area is a refuge for stray cats, which I'm already like, okay, dude, uh, I'm there. If I'm going to be homeless, I'm hanging out with the kitties. (laughs) Many locals drop off their unwanted or stray cats in this area, and some local Uh kind-hearted folks feed them and provide plastic containers for shelter. When I found what I thought would be a suitable spot to set up a camp, I set my bag down and walked a few steps to a large tree to empty my bladder. I had a (laughs) small flashlight in my pocket, in my bag. (laughs) I thought he
0: said I had a small bladder.
1: Yeah, sorry. Had a small flashlight, though, not flashlight, but flashlight in my bag, but the night sky provided enough light after my eyes were adjusted. Suddenly a cat dashed through the brush very near me and startling me, then another further to to my left. As I looked toward the sound of the last cat running, I could make out the shape of the plastic containers in a small circle. These containers house some cats. I then noticed three sets of pinkish-orange glowing objects with slight movement. I first assumed that glowing objects were the reflections of three cats' eyes. After watching the objects further, approximately 30 seconds, I saw that the glowing was in fact some sort of eyewear worn by three human-like figures. Is it the fucking Oompa Loompas? You know... (laughs) Maybe. What is Wonka up to? Oh, what's he doing in Ohio? What's he want with the cats? I don't like the look of it. Anyway, (laughs) as I knelt down to watch them, I could see these figures were handling the cats, and the subjects were wearing very low-reflective off-white or gray coveralls. After about two minutes, all three subjects turned their heads toward me, Thinking they might be animal control workers and not wanting to frighten them, I stood up and asked, How you doing? <laughs> with, with no vocal response, all three began moving toward me instantly, closing the 30 feet that separated us. Slowly, well, did they just
0: fucking teleport like an anime character?
1: I guess. <laughs> Slowly again, I asked, What are you guys doing out here? They continued moving towards me. I heard one of them talking or communicating, but inside my head and in a strange whisper. I couldn't understand. I also noticed they were shorter than me. I'm 5'10", and guess they were about 10 or 12 inches shorter than me? I turned, got on my bicycle, and pedaled out of there. After several minutes of fast riding, I noticed no vehicles or signs of activity. It was almost like I entered a time warp. I didn't notice anyone or anything following me. I eventually found my way out of the area, but I was disoriented for many hours. I didn't sleep that night and continued riding west until I couldn't continue. I finally stopped and slept a few hours in a small park. I have no idea who those figures in the coveralls were, but I don't believe that they were human. I'm just worried about the cats. Yeah, what were they doing with the cats? What were these little fucks doing with the cats? Got no closure on the cats, man. I know. Fucking coward.
0: Maybe maybe it's like that episode of South Park where they're getting high off the cat pee.
1: Ew. Cheesing. What if if it's underpants? It may be underpants gnomes.
0: underpants gnomes.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. But... Um, The funny thing is, this kind of reminds me of a story I read about from 56, 57, or it may have been the 40s. I don't remember. It was in Minnesota. A guy was walking home uh, home one night, and he saw these little gray dwarf-looking dudes, like about two feet tall, wearing weird overalls, and walking along, just like mumbling, going, and he just ran.
0: Oh, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there a lot of sightings like that back during Vietnam as well? With uh, with the, the tunnels and everything like that? There were a lot of... Because uh, uh, I remember that, they mentioned it in Hellier. They were mentioned it oh, in Hellier. okay, a lot see, of... I
1: was like, are you calling the Vietnamese
3: cryptids?
0: What are you doing no, here? No, 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 but um, no, specifically it was something that was brought up in Hellier. Um, again, there was like a was lot of Vietnam racism involved Korea? in the stories. I think it was Vietnam. I okay. think it was Vietnam. Okay. No, but, I've heard um, of that
1: because there's, there's a lot of weird cryptids. I feel like we should go and do an episode about Vietnam. Uh, yeah. Paranormal. Yeah. But,
0: like, th- there was a term that was used. I'm not going to use the term because it was racist. Oh, no. No, it's terrible. But, um, but, but, like, the descriptions of, like, other... Because, obviously, the Vietnamese dug a ton of tunnels, but seeing something that wasn't a Vietnamese person in the tunnel. That's, that's the vibe, and what I recall
1: they were described as very short. Right. I just want to point out that these little motherfuckers were wearing uh, work uniforms with glasses and, like, stealing cats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what were they going to do with the cats? What were they doing? I'm just worried about the cats now. I know. Me too, Mike. What do you think they were doing? Um... I don't think
2: there were weird little guys stealing cats. That's what I sh- for sure. What I don't think was going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it it's a small town. Weird things maybe,
0: happen. Maybe it was a performance art piece. Oh, I don't. Maybe know. it was.
1: Maybe it was a bunch of
2: toddlers petting the cats.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Five foot just, toddler? Just, no, he was he was five foot. They were like he was. He said yeah, he was yeah, five no, ten. That's true. Like they're around uh, five. Uh, Four ten to five foot, sure. Um, Okay, then they weren't little guys then. They were just... Just some dudes.
0: They were petite. Petite. I do like
1: that term. Uh, uh, Honestly, that
0: story wasn't too bad. It it was definitely better written than the last time you subjected me to something
3: like that.
1: It definitely wasn't the the dog man or whatever it was in the (laughs) swamp and the whole... God, that fucking story Fuck that! This site though, it's it's crapshoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm 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 gonna have one every weekend. Weird.
0: There we go. No, so that that's know. good to have your sources. You know what I mean?
1: Your crappy sources, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, now that being said, we're gonna take a quick break and for some messages for some. Uh, I cannot talk for some messages, and we will be right back after this. Hey David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No ads! You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads!
0: What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates? How reasonable? Overly. How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information.
1: That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David? We just did. Whoa. And we're back, and if you'd like to hear a version of that story that's way more blue, uh, you can join our Patreon, because man, there is stuff I do not say, and I am proud of my restraint. So, (laughs) that being said, we're back, and David, I would like for you to pick up with your next story, sir.
3: Yeah, I
0: I think I've got like a, I'm going to try to get a wacky animal story in every week, Okay. Um, And and by wacky, I mean cocaine-fueled. God (laughs) damn it. (laughs) Um, So this is from The Bite, which is under uh, futurism.com. I like to get a lot of articles from them.
1: Okay.
0: Um, This was published on July 23rd by Victor Tangerman. And this is, the headline is, Florida Sharks Suspected of Eating Discarded Bales of Cocaine. Are Cocaine Sharks Really Feasting on Illegal Contraband?
1: Is this the origin of the movie Meg? The Meg?
0: <laughs> no, the the Meg predates this one.
1: Okay, just checking.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, God. Part of the reason I like Futurism is because they do every dumb, impulsive joke I would do. Oh, good. So, okay, so you so don't, the, you don't the head, have to the do any for, work. The, the, the header for this one is Jaws for Effect. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be Shark Week without some wild tales of sharks interacting with humans, from feeding frenzies to horrific first-hand accounts of attacks, which are, for the record, rare. But this year's Shark Week, which is airing next week on Discovery, takes the cake when it comes to headlines grabbing reports about the underwater monsters, this time with speculation about, quote, cocaine sharks devouring huge bales of cocaine that sometimes wash up on Florida beaches.
1: God Goddamn. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it may not be quite as far-fetched as it sounds. In June alone, the Coast Guard fished over fourteen thousand one hundred pounds of the white powder out of the Caribbean and Atlantic Ocean, as Live Science reports. To investigate the possibility that the sharks could be help uh, could help themselves, TV personality and marine biologist Tom the Blowfish heard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a hell of a nickname to develop. Like, is he the goat Um, throat? Is that why he's called the blowfish?
0: (laughs) Um, Tom, the blowfish herd, teamed up with the University of Florida environmental scientist Tracy Finara for some fun but somewhat dubious sounding experiments. Herd and Finara got to work by dropping simulated packages of cocaine. No sharks were harmed in the making of this discovery special to see if the sharks would bite. Even when placed next to decoy dummy swans, the shark swam right to the bales to take a bite. Quote, we have no idea what cocaine could do to a shark, Heard admitted to live science, quote, so we can't even say we can't even say, well, this is a baseline and go from here.
1: Yeah, we don't know uh, a hell of a lot about sharks.
0: Right, um, you know. First of all, use real cocaine, cowards. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, <laughs> fuck give
1: them give them coke.
2: Maybe try some weeds. See if that, like kills oh, them no. <laughs> out.
1: <laughs> Won't a shark die if it stops moving? I have a feeling weed would like really make it stop moving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's um, true. This this next header is jumping the shark. Um, <laughs> God after, damn it! Right after no, stuffing some more bait. <laughs> Um, after stuffing some more bait balls with concentrated fish powder, the closest and safest alternative to feeding cocaine to sharks they could think of, the duo says (laughs) that sharks went wild and started acting irrationally.
1: They do that.
0: How is concentrated fish power even close
2: to cocaine? Yeah, I would have thought, like, maybe, like, powdered sugar or flour or something.
1: Oh, or BCP. The
2: the fish thing... Smells like something that they would eat, so...
1: Of course you're gonna yeah. get f- going to so, go into a frenzy. Yeah, cocaine,
2: Co- though, is... Like, I'm assuming, would be like if I smelled battery acid. Like, I'm, like I don't want to I don't
1: know, that. man. What what if they stuffed it in, like, a tuna?
0: Mm, well, they say we'll let readers decide whether that stands up to scrutiny. It doesn't. No,
1: no, um, no, no. But Heard is guys.
0: urging audiences to consider broader implications of ocean pollution. Um, quote, the deeper story here is the way that chemicals, pharmaceuticals, and illicit drugs are entering our waterways, entering our oceans, and what effect that they could then go on to have on these delicate ocean ecosystems. One thing's for, uh, for clear, cocaine bear is so five months ago.
2: Yeah. So, so here's a thing I do know about sharks. I do know they like to, like, nibble at things. Like, even if they can't just, smell blood. Because, I'm, let's face it, nothing's, like, bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like, 99% of your creatures out there that you're going to eat as a shark aren't actively bleeding at the moment. Right. So so they'll go up and, like, nibble on something. And then if it bleeds, they'll go. But I would imagine if cocaine does, in fact, uh, affect a shark in some way, that if it swam up to a bale and took a nibble at it, well, that just burst open the package, and it's right. now, now diffusing now the into the off. water. So not only is it, you know, you have this, like, highly saturated cocaine water around this bale <laughs> that the shark is now swimming through. It doesn't actually have to eat the you know, cocaine. Technically, isn't that just
1: an energy drink at this point? You <laughs>
0: You you get the train spotting montage of like the shark's eye getting dilated, yes. Yeah, like,
1: yes,
2: like like the eyes get wide, but the pupils just constrict. Yeah, no, it's like, oh. it's like that. It's
1: like that montage from uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream when he shoots up.
2: Yeah. Um, so I saw a video this week, um, and the the the, the uh, speculation was that this might have been a cocaine shark because this is a shark doing something I've never seen before. It was swimming. On the surface, but like almost completely upside down, kind of canted to one side. Like one fin was (laughs) in the water, but it's still mostly upside down and just kind of like snapping at the air, like 10 feet away from this boat and just swimming in this kind of half circle near the boat, just snapping at the air and swimming upside down. I'm like, where where was this at? I don't remember. I think it was
1: Australia because they did not sound American. Yeah,
0: because I, I was gonna say maybe it's just all the fish are being boiled because it's like a hundred degree but water in Florida true. right now. Um, but
2: if anything could have been the uh, product of uh, cocaine fueled shark,
1: that could have been it. Okay, okay, but counter argument, hmm. it wanted belly scratches.
2: <laughs> eh, I'm not gonna belly
1: scratch a shark though. That's a good way this to is like your shark.
2: This that, is your shark on cocaine. That's how you. That's how you get the nickname <laughs> Lefty.
1: That's fair. And here's a question: If your nickname is Lefty because you lost an arm, did you lose the left arm or the right arm? Well, I'm left-handed, so I lost
2: the left arm.
1: Okay, so but would you but be if you're yeah, that's righty? a good question.
2: If you lose your say you lose your left arm, will you be called Lefty or Righty? Okay, join the Discord or hit us up <laughs> on uh,
1: Mastodon. We'll have that at the end of the show, and let us know if you. If you're called Lefty, did you lose your left arm or your right arm? You can uh, contact us on the website or on Mastodon. My thought would so, so be, what's the, what, you would still what's have. what's the
2: next? Your left cocaine arm. animal. Um,
1: cocaine. Like badger.
2: If they're gonna. Cocaine what? Cocaine honey badger. Ooh. Oh fuck! You know
1: what? I'm going down with Mike on this one because honey badger <laughs> already don't give a fuck. Didn't Honey badger don't
2: care. Haven't they already like <laughs> announced a new like drugged up animal horror movie?
1: Um, <laughs> yes, and it's it. I th- it's it's a sloth.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's a sloth. It's a it's, coked up sloth. It's uh, what, what was the the name of the movie? Is like a pun or something.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what it is, but it's literally a movie about a coked up sloth. Uh,
0: cocaine. Rex or something. There's gonna be some sort of movie oh, where Slaughterhouse the and then the dinosaur the dinosaur escapes into the jungles of Columbia and then finds like a, okay. a drug trade area and like gets into the cocaine. All right. So you got a co- you got a Tyrannosaurus on cocaine and there you
1: go. I you just made me wanna see no. a new Transformers animated thing with Greg Berger back as Grimlock <laughs> but on cocaine. <laughs> no, just,
2: just remake Narcos, but throw a Tyrannosaurus Rex in it. So so it's Narcos crossed is, with Jurassic Park.
1: This <laughs> sounds like a cutscene no. from weird.
0: And don't even explain what the T Rex is doing in Narcos. Just occasionally sure. have a drug dealer get picked off by a dinosaur.
2: But did you hear me what the name of the movie is? Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking awful. I
0: hate it. It sounds so stupid, I want
1: to watch is. it. Oh, God. Well, thank you. So, so,
0: yeah, unfortunately no sharks were actually on cocaine, which, like, if you're gonna do it, like,
1: do, do it. it. Just do it. Just yeah. Yeah. sharks. They've been around a long time. And you're not the, getting like, the, the whole species The shark's gonna survive. Hooked. Yeah. <sighs> I don't yeah. know. I, I, I would like to see a coked up shark, though. If I haven't already from that video of the yeah. one swimming upside down, but that could be heat. It could be heat, could just be ill, you know, you never know. Mental
2: illness and drug abuse, you know, kind of look the same from the outside.
1: Oh, God, you know what I'm picturing? special shark. I'm picturing a <laughs> shark like uh, Tyrone from uh, Chappelle's show.
0: The little shark and his little mittens are pinned to his fin because oh, his mom God. wanted to make sure he took his mittens with him.
1: No, no. The, the David, shark. You're
2: killing me here, man. That's the, terrible. The shark just didn't like the way he felt on his medication, so he went off of it against the advice of his doctors.
1: Yeah, the shark's having always, his Brittany moment. Always talk to your your professionals about getting off he your felt, medication. He, he felt
2: he just didn't have enough energy to you know do his job on the medication.
1: He should try another prescription. Then yes. Well, thanks for that, David. <laughs> Mike, yeah. What have you got? What's your What's your second one? So, so it's
2: undeniable that the James Webb Space Telescope has been a boon to the scientific. Oh
1: community. man, even even like, with the problematic name, so, it is badass. Yeah. So it it was like more than a decade uh, late. late.
2: Mm-hmm. It was like triple over budget.
1: It was it was in the world of science. It was uh, Duke Nukem Forever. It was it was
2: bordering on boondoggle status, and <laughs> there was g- there was genuine apprehension during the launch that mm-hmm. you know it was just going to explode
1: in midair.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were like, surely this has been coming for so long that it's just not going to make it to orbit. But anyway, so it has, and for the past you know over a year now i think mm-hmm. has been doing really good science. Oh,
1: well, the shots we've been seeing are fucking amazing.
2: So a uh new shot came out uh, earlier this week from the James Webb Space Telescope and it's a I'm guessing it's a nebula. It doesn't really say it's a near infrared image captured by the Webb Space Telescope um but zoomed in on this you see a very odd shape. Like, I'm, these I'm are all galaxies, so I'm assuming this is some form of galaxy. Cause it's it has to be on a very big scale. And it I mean the only way to describe the way it looks
1: is a question mark. And and this isn't like kinda. A question. No, mark. This mean, is straight up. It's, a it, fucking question. mark. It is mark.
2: a little like a little wonky. It's not like a perfect typeface it question looks mark. But like it is
1: my question
2: mark. Ninety-five percent of the uh, platonic ideal of what a question mark should look like. That's a lot of big this words. Works. Yeah. This just
0: sounds like Super Mario
2: Galaxy. No, it is. <laughs> it is bizarre. I mean, obviously. I mean, not obviously, but I mean, I'm assuming it's like has to be some kind of occlusion to get that kind oh, of
1: like a like a, something uh,
2: dark in front of it or something. Like but then a- again, if that's a galaxy, that would have to be gigantic. It would have to be a dark galaxy or something could be, I don't know, maybe a maybe the period or the, the dot of the question mark is a sun and the curly Q is a plume of uh gas and there's like a black hole sucking it out who knows you know i'll tell you
0: what talk about a mysterious universe
1: oh no this is
2: this is uncanny
1: yeah no uh my comment on this is the bbc really needs to chill the fuck out with these doctor who uh promos (laughs) because like this is too far
2: oh that's a that's a good thing i just read a thing that uh speculation it could be two galaxies interacting like the the, the,
1: the curly part
2: is a, another galaxy that's being ripped apart by the dot galaxy
1: I think they're just asking questions
2: yeah you know it, or it just like someone else said so this is just the uh, universe coming back with the question now we got to find the answer. Uh, now, now could 42. it be that there's
0: like a black hole in that spot? That's
2: nah, because like I said, the the scale of this is on the galaxy scale. Like all the objects you see around it are galaxies.
1: Yeah, this is mm. okay. Way too big for like if it were a supermassive black hole, it would just be a fucking galaxy. If it were a mm. smaller black hole that could just suck stuff in, we wouldn't be able to observe it like this. Okay. I, hey, Mike, I actually knew something. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Give you shocking. a
2: gold star brownie point. Hey,
1: oh, I don't want your gold brownies. Brown, <laughs> I don't want your brown star is all there is to it. Um, But I, I don't know. This is really cool looking to me. And, like, obviously this is us going, looking, you know, seeing a pattern. But, like, that's a fucking question mark. The Riddler is up there. <laughs>
2: I mean, and also just to think about the fact that you know we're in the right location to see this because from oh, yeah. other angles it would not look like this. Mm-hmm. From the if you were on the complete opposite side of it, it would look like a backwards question
1: mark. Yeah, and you know, uh, Christians, some Christians seeing this would look at this as like the proof of the existence of God. If it weren't for the fact that they all think the Earth is flat,
2: and, and yeah, and also like, you know, when did this, uh, you know form of a question mark actually become a uh, be, become used because I'm sure at some point the root of that looked almost nothing like a question mark mm. I like
1: it I'm mm. typing to find out the origin of the question mark
2: <clears throat>
1: but yeah I mean it's it's actually based on mm. the Q at the beginning of the Latin phrase, questio, which is question. Mm. Uh, the Q and the O. It was abbreviated to quo, and then the Q on top of the O, and it evolved into the question mark. So, so, there. so yeah. So,
2: it, before, you know, Greek times. I mean, even 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 during Greek times, it was not a thing. Yeah. Or Roman times, whatever. Yeah. So, so... <laughs> So we all learned a lot. You could say it's a you know, within the last three thousand years. (laughs) I'm 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 just picturing some Greek
0: dude with like a scroll that has a picture of a question mark. He's going around. What is this? What is this?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you get the origins of a question because of a galactic. I made this thing. Because of the galactic scale, this thing was a, has been looking like this for well no longer than the question mark's been looking like it does. Maybe
1: this is the origin of the question mark, mm-hmm. the definitive article, as it were. So so
2: an alien took a, uh, a Roman or Greek, which I can't remember which one you said, out into space and showed him this. And he came back and said, oh, that's what it's got to look like.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That no, I, just,
2: or... I just like the idea of him just,
0: like, not understanding what it is and just, like... <laughs> drawing a picture of it, and then eventually the picture gets confused with the question, and that's like the mythical version of how the question mark
1: comes see, together. See, I'm just picturing a Babylonian astronomer, astronomer priest somehow seeing this thing in the sky and going, what the fuck is that? And that's why they use <laughs> it. Well,
2: well, considering that, you know, it took our most powerful telescope to see it, it's definitely not naked eye visible.
1: Yeah, so what you're saying is a Babylonian, Babylonian took a telescope and he put another telescope on the front of it, and then he launched it into space so he could see. He just he just stacked it all the way out into space.
2: Yeah, okay. Ancient but,
0: aliens, but That's uh, the answer. here is a good another
2: <laughs> question. So obviously, this picture has been rotated to look correct. I wonder what the original you know orientation is because if it was upside down, it would be you know oh, yeah, very but, relevant to the uh, Spanish speaking world. Yes, it
0: would. Man, the, the Riddler's plan got really elaborate. Yeah. It
1: really did. That <laughs> fucker. Well, I'm glad you brought that one up, Mike, because I had forgotten about it till just now, and I just really, like, it is just uncanny. And
2: guess what? Both
1: of my stories were from this week. Woo! Mine are not! <laughs> Speaking of, my next one is, uh, is a neat one from July 12th. So, about a month behind here. I'm not going to read the title of the article, but I am going to read the article. This is from uh, Sky News, actually, in the UK. Not to be confused with the transphobic BBC. So, birds are stealing anti-bird spikes put up by humans and using them to build their nests. (laughs) Researchers from two Dutch natural history museums first came across the phenomenon in a hospital courtyard in Antwerp. Which I love the name, Antwerp. I mm-hmm. want to name a kid Antwerp. Mm-hmm. So, magpies had ripped about 50 meters of anti bird spikes. Of course it's magpies. Of course it is. From the hospital building and used them to build a huge nest of. 1,500 anti-bird spikes. (laughs) Anti-bird spikes are often installed on buildings to discourage birds from nesting there. Biologist, and I am so going to fuck this up, Alke Florian Hemstra of the Naturalis Biodiversity Center, said the magpies were using the pins in the same way humans do, to keep other birds away from their fucking nest. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's like a joke, really, he says. Even for me, as a nest researcher, these are the craziest bird's nests I've ever seen. And if you look at it, it looks like a nightmare sculpture of razor wire or something.
0: It's like the fucking Iron Throne.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs>
0: The next step is they're going to start, like, using those spikes to, like, throw them at people. Oh, yeah,
1: no, they're just going to start dropping them from the sky. Magpies will make a roof on their nest to protect their eggs and young, and will often use thorny branches. But in the city, anti-bird spikes offer an urban alternative. The researchers described the behavior as the, quote, ultimate adaptation to life in the city. Mm -hmm. The research, published in Dying Sea, the annual of the National History Museum in Rotterdam, describes similar magpie nests found in the Netherlands, Belgium, and Scotland. Crows of fucking course have also (laughs) been found making nests with the spikes in the Netherlands. It's not the first example of unhospitable items being used for birds' nests. Burbs. Burbs other sharp materials, including fucking barbed wire and knitting needles, are also used by magpies for the roof of their nests. I, I love the idea of like yep, nope. Kid ain't getting out. Ain't nobody getting in, but a kid ain't getting out. Some of them have been seen deploying uh,
2: handguns
1: as auto turrets. <laughs> I could see that. And one... Spy, sap, in my sentry! Um, God, they they've adapted to
0: burning pitch to knock down onto.
1: <laughs> they've yes, they develop, by. they develop boiling oil, and they will tar and feather people. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't know the feathers, their own yeah. feathers
0: yeah. too. That's hardcore.
1: But yeah, no, I love the idea that these fucking things have uh, started going. Ah, eh, fuck it, I'll steal your anti, your your deterrence. Well, well,
0: I mean, the, and I, oh yeah, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say it
2: kind of makes sense in this, you know, in the way that. They say they use thorny branches, so to them it's just like another thorny branch. Because oh yeah, it's a thorny branch there just to keep a animal, which I'm assuming birds are part of those animals. Oh yeah, no, away from the fruit of the
1: plant. Because there's there's some birds that will go into a nest, and knock the eggs out, and then take the nest. Well, oh so, yeah, like this is or just predators
2: in general, like mm-hmm. you know
1: um, mongooses.
2: Well, just. You know, whatever would want to eat the eggs or the young. Yeah, monkeys. You know, or, or uh, cats. Fucking yeah. Cats. Okay. Fair. Other birds, bigger birds. Um, but yeah. So you know, it nah. just seems like an outgrowth of that. What I am surprised about is how big the sections are. I oh, was that expecting just huge. just inner, you know, individual spikes, but uh-huh. they have the whole
1: strip. Yeah. In there. It's a yeah. nest made up of, the, it said, like, 1,500 spikes.
0: Well, in, I, I've seen a documentary. I don't remember how long ago this was, but, like, animals adapting to urban environments, and it's it's fascinating. Like, it's not good for the animals in the long run, but it's still just fascinating to see how these things adapt. Yeah. Um, I, and it was, it was literally just a documentary of, like, here's a city, here's some of the animals, here's how they're dealing with all this stuff. Yeah.
1: I agree, David. We should destroy society. It's almost as if yeah. life finds a way. Oh <laughs> God damn it, Jeff Goldblum, motherfucker! So, um, yeah, that's my that's my other story. So, uh, I like it, David. Mm-hmm. Before we go into questions and my new ending segment for the weeks in weird. Mhm. I think it's time X gives it to us.
0: And I completely forgot we were doing X. All right,
1: great. We will skip that and we'll go straight to questions. Oh, okay,
0: wait, no, I've got one. I got one. Okay. They, they delivered. Did okay. They? Man, I'm good at my job. You <laughs> okay. are the best. Uh, title of the thread is Cat Thread. And the question um, is, what are the paranormal implications of cats?
1: Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's the whole... Uh, which is familiar thing because cats are very independent and they can turn on you real quick. So everybody associates them with demons. Um, there's the cats having nine lives thing. Uh, what what are some of the Mike? Hmm. You, um, I mean, you know, they've
2: they've always been because you know cats have way better uh, vision and hearing than people, so they've always been considered to see like spirits or you know beyond the right veil or stuff
1: like that oh like that stephen king movie where the cat was stopping the gnome from stealing kids breath
2: well yeah and that that's another thing is cats were you know seen as because they would sleep on kids or people you know they thought they were you know maybe being nefarious and
1: like oh i'm gonna
2: steal this kid's breath look because you know that's a valuable commodity in kids apparently breathing Yes.
1: Yeah, I've heard that.
2: And I mean, I can just see how it happens because, you know, kids, especially back then, kids could
1: kids would well, just die. You know, there was, well, yeah, I mean, sudden, and if you, sudden infant death syndrome. If you,
2: if you come into the room the next day and you have a dead kid and the cat, you know, obviously who's attached to the kid is like laying on him trying to like, you know, comfort yeah. It's like, oh, the cat took the kid's breath.
1: Yeah. Now, I have woke up like Having breathing difficulty and realized Conti was asleep on my face. Well, so, you know, yeah, there's that too. That's a very Catch Twenty Two the book scenario. So that's a that, that's cat owner. <laughs> yeah. Fan death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so David, what are some of the responses?
0: Okay. Um, first response that I see here is ultra terrestrial's Got Okay, so,
1: Mike. Mm-hmm. I want you to remember that it's not just me. I know it's not just you. terrestrials. (laughs) I don't. It's not Um, just you,
2: but you're the only one I know. Well, it's because David doesn't live here. Well, the only (laughs) one I know that brings it up all the time. Okay, fair.
0: Um, Let's see, here's another post. They purr at a healing frequency. If you get sick and Kitty is extra cuddly and purry, that's why.
1: Now, I will say that Ginger is, like, real big about making sure I'm happy. And stuff, and like not depressed, and because like I've had like the worst days ever, and she will come up and just snuggle up and purr with me, which she does not always do. So mm-hmm. I, I can see that.
0: We got a little poem here. Oh no! Cats deserve all the kisses, the hugs, cat grass, and treats. Agile animals who are expressive, they chase quickly, react just as fast. Cats are among man's best friend, innocent and bold shoelaces are stopped cold not a couch left unscratched
2: uh, calling a cat innocent is quite the stretch <laughs>
1: I, I like cats but they are yeah. not innocent creatures I, I am they know say, their. they know their misdeeds yeah they know what they did but I am gonna uh, say I love the sentiment but uh wow it's a shitty poem
0: uh, um I, I don't know the exact meter of it but like it, it's fine.
1: Uh, uh, I've, I've heard worse. Alright, that's fair.
0: Um, let's see. Cats are very intelligent. There are cats who are on the level of human intelligence. If only we um, could talk to them.
1: That's that's a big old guess. Because, like, Ginger is extremely smart. But she will poop where the fuck ever she wants sometimes. And, uh, I don't know that that's intelligent.
0: Well, she knows you're going to clean it up, so. Hmm fuck (laughs) um someone suggested that cats are fairies uh
1: only in the fact that they are horrible trickster gods
0: someone posted a picture of bubbles from trailer park boys with a quote that's a pretty fucking nice kitty right there which i appreciate
1: (laughs) i know you yes you do
0: (laughs) um let's see yeah, so like it's a weirdly wholesome thread for X.
1: Yeah, I mean that's like way better than some of the shit you dealt with,
0: right? It's just it's kind of cute. Um, yeah, so just cats, cats are wonderful. Yeah, no, I we're, agree. We're pro cat. We're pro cat. We're, we're, pro-cat. we're pro-cat on we are this
1: definitely pro cat. So,
0: and I saved the segment. Good for me.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot.
1: So, we've got some questions, guys. And the first one is from KickAssatron. Which, hello! So, are services like Outhorse Your Email the number one way to combat the eventual AI takeover of intellectual property? Now... I don't know about you, but I did not know what out horse your email is. So I mm. went to the website, which is a section of visiticeland.com. And what it is is disconnect from work and let the horses of Iceland reply to your emails while you are on vacation. Seriously. <laughs> there is a giant keyboard and they let the horses walk on it and like you know that trick where you ask them how old they are and they'll like stomp the ground they'll like do that on different keys and like just bang on them and they will send that email and underneath it says pick a horse and start out horsing your emails Litia Strajarna fra Fravicharvalti Type's fast, but might take a nap. <laughs> Another one. Freemnir <laughs> me. I'm not saying he's right, but... Assertive, efficient, shiny hair. And then there's... Heckla Fra... Porkel Friendly, trained in corporate buzzwords. And that horse is... Just my favorite because it is sticking its tongue out at you.
0: So, so if you get one who doesn't rep- respond appropriately, that means you've picked the wrong horse, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How,
0: yeah fair
1: how horses learn to write emails. Did we really teach the horses of Iceland to type on a giant keyboard? Yes, we did. Watch <laughs> the video to see how the magic happens. Things to do in Iceland while a horse answers your emails. This is, this is nice. I like this, actually. And you know what? I firmly uh, think that, yes, this is how we combat AI, horse emails.
0: You know, um, not AI-related, but it reminds me a little bit of LennyBot. LennyBot? Yeah. have You uh, You can find, like, compilations on YouTube. It's this uh, bot that's used to combat, like, telemarketers.
1: Oh, one of these things.
0: Yeah, so it it's just like this old guy named Lenny, this artificial old guy named Lenny. Um and the, like some of those like most people will figure out in a couple of minutes or talk to a bot, but you know, it's funny when it's like um you get like an hour long con- uh like conversation between the bot and the telemarketer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Yeah, and it's it's
1: all over YouTube. Just type okay. in like
0: Lenny bot and you'll find Yeah, it's very good. It's very okay. good. Um
1: I'll I'll look into those.
0: But, so, yeah, they can make one of those for, like, AI bots, I suppose. Sure, to, but
1: I've, I kind of like the idea of outsourcing to horses.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think the horses one is a lot of fun.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's great. And just, it's it's a way to invite people to come visit Iceland. Come pet our many horses. So... What they
0: should do is they should make a bot that just pretends that... Or it's supposed to be, like, a person who's part of MUFON. So then, it'll just like annoy the other bot with questions about
1: like UFOs. You know, this actually reminds me of that quiz where you could, uh, where you could uh, uh, make your girlfriend uh, take the quiz, and it would determine if she was a girl or a horse. So that so that the horse would not eat your gems.
0: <laughs> i remember that yes do you do you remember the horse ebooks twitter account
1: oh of course i remember horse ebooks that was god, great man. Do you remember god jeff Jacques from uh questionable content had the best website and was forced to le have to take it down which was walmart.horse and it was just <laughs> the website was just a photo of a walmart with a horse leaning into frame and walmart <laughs> demanded he' take it down or they'd sue him Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, it's oh. just a horse. Why are horses so fucking funny, man? I don't know, because they they're can they marginally terrifying.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because they're, they're evil. There, mm. They're a thousand pounds of nightmare flesh that can, like, hurt you.
0: Because, like, one of my favorite memes is just that horse on the beach, and it just says, man.
3: Just oh, the, okay. the horse staring yeah. out into the water.
1: <laughs> just, man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about it. I love that one. Just Yeah. Man. <clears throat> so we have a pro the, horse on this podcast. We are, <laughs> we're pro cat and pro horse. For the most <laughs> part. For different <laughs> reasons. For different reasons. So mm-hmm. Man in Black has a question and this is a one out of left field and I don't know, Mike, this this also relates to you. You're a writer. Sometimes. You came I, up you've come really. up with stories. Yeah, but you know. So Man in Black asks this is all out of left field. Your first, or one of your first, created characters. Do they still exist currently? Yes. Yes? From you, David? hmm D- Do yeah. you want to tell us who that is?
0: Um, so, in uh, Cosmic Dash, uh, characters appeared a couple times. Uh, Aaron. E-R-O-N. Um, yes. He is, like, my first character character. I developed him. He's he's changed a lot. Um, Didn't used to be called Aaron. Didn't used to be uh, blue haired or anything like that. He used to at one point be kind of gnome like.
1: Is this the World Uh, Walker? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Love Aaron.
0: And and then Dash, of course, being like my second oldest, like serious character.
1: Right. Right. Uh, Back when
0: he was Speedy the Turtle.
1: Yes. Yes, I remember you showed me that drawing. Or you may have posted it on DeviantArt. I don't remember way back in mm. the day when DeviantArt was a going concern. mm
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Mike, as a writer, I remember you and me worked on some stories or some stuff you've written over the years. Any of those technically still sort of exist as, like, a uh, project that you'd like mm, to come back to? Not really. I and mean,
2: there's... Several of those, like, they've been from
1: high school. Like the Schoolgirls of the Apocalypse. Or, yeah, stuff like that. Which was a fantastic idea we need to go back and revisit if I can ever, like, get my hand to stop hurting when I draw. Uh,
0: uh, uh, okay, so hearing that title, I've always wanted to do a Doom mod where all the demons are replaced by anime schoolgirls, like, <laughs> <laughs> in way, giant eyes. That's what I'm picturing, is that what you're... no, well, no. This no, was no, basically,
2: no. like, if sailor moon instead of being the planets were, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> in high school, I love it. in high school. Yes.
1: Yeah, no, it's love a it. great idea. It is seriously one of the best <laughs> ideas you've ever had and for it, a story, Mike. Yeah.
0: Oh man, that's great.
2: And there's, there's supposed to be this TM whole copyright, yeah. do not steal yeah, donut, steal, don't
1: steal original
2: characters, but, uh, but yeah, no, I had this whole, the whole characters worked up and
1: stuff like that. I did character designs and they were like early art, so it was like very, very rip off anime. Yeah. I still think who what which one was it? Uh Pestilence was like my favorite that I designed. She's all frumpy and she's like walking around with a bottle of NyQuil.
0: <laughs> it's like Team Girl Squad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um my, Mine was Morphous. Yeah, I was gonna say I know what yours is. Morphous, uh is not still around. I've tried to adapt it a few times, but like it's such, it's it's so rooted in the '90s. I stole like a bunch of the designs and some of the concepts for other stuff. Like all the battle armor from uh, Coda's world was from Morphous. And uh some of the ideas behind Morpheus ended up making its way into Aaron Apprentice. Yeah. So mm, okay. it lives in the fact that I have continually mined the good parts for other things. Would it's you, just
0: some poor being in a lab just yeah. take little pieces would
2: you, off of them and make it feel
1: terrible. Would it be
2: fair, Kevin, to say Morpheus was also kinda of heavily Mary Sueish?
1: Oh yes. Yes. Uh, Morphous is the, the character that you imagine running next to your car when you're <laughs> going on the interstate <laughs> like that's what Morphus was except instead of running it was me flying <laughs> and it turned into Morpheus. so that's where that came from it was also like man I am really sick of what's happening in X-Men <laughs> so yeah there's a, there's a lot of that Uh, So thank you for that question, Man in Black.
0: Yeah, that that was a fun one. We don't get to do like stuff like that very often.
1: Yeah, because we're all three creatives, just of varying degrees. And and, output. Yeah, that too. David is obviously the goddamn robot of the three of us. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of these days I'm going to have to see if I can get uh, Barry Link on here, because Barry has been at this Mm -hmm. since, uh, like, he toured... Uh, the Marvel bullpen with Dom, with Tom DeFalco during a job interview. Mm-hmm. So like he's he's been around a long time. Yep. So, and we got one more question from the one, the only God Vimper Ghost Forge, mm-hmm. newest member of the Patreon. What quote UFO encounters? do you all think are probably military testing or fucked up incidents that people jump to conclusions about?
0: Isn't that like 100% of them?
1: Not 100%, but I am <laughs> going to say, like, we did an episode on the one I think is most likely a military thing, and that's the uh, Cash Landrum UFO incident. Mm-hmm. I really think I, that, yeah. was, that was a military botch.
0: I'd say the vast majority, honestly.
1: Okay.
2: I would say, I don't know, I'd I'd say the vast, well, depends on what you mean by, you know, because I would say the vast majority of actually just reported UFO sightings, whether they be, you know, just far off lights or something or just, you know, are something benign. But yeah, any of the ones where there's closer encounters, like, you know, where it's seen as more than just a point of light.
1: Like the Rendlesham Forest incident which one
2: I don't, I don't it, by we've name. not you done by we name.
1: haven't done an episode about it and we need to is like 1980 one of the most uh, is a military personnel encountering a UFO at Rendlesham air face in the UK you should do a little reading on I think
2: it. I think you I think I know a little bit about this I've okay. heard about this one yeah
1: TV. I mean like some of the stories there's like that a came lot of first-hand account from yeah, it. oh there's audio yeah. Of, yeah, I think you, of the radio yeah Communication,
2: yep. but anyway. But I was thinking more of like the the triangle UFO. Oh yeah, that's obviously
1: mm-hmm. yeah you some know. military stuff. I, my my theory we, we about
0: should, we should we should do a tier list of UFO shapes and figure out what the best shape is. Oh
1: yeah, I've got a shirt of UFO shapes and we totally ought to do one based on that. Uh-
0: <laughs> yeah, what's S tier? What's S tier? Oh, figure it. that one out first.
1: No, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, anything mm-hmm. penile. I was gonna Valic. say like. I don't know man the sport model you know the Bob Lazar sport model actual flying disc but we'll get into that later we'll do an episode (laughs) about it um so guys to take us out I've decided for the next few episodes since uh reddit already has been failing me uh I'm gonna do a reading from the Principia Discordia okay and this is from page 38 of the Principia Discordia however you want to pronounce it, a sermon on ethics and love. One day, Mal asked the messenger spirit, Saint Gullick, to approach the goddess and request her presence for some desperate advice. Shortly afterwards, the radio came on by itself and an ethereal female voice said, Yes? O Eris, blessed mother of man, queen of chaos, Daughter of discord, concubine of confusion, oh exquisite lady, I beseech you to lift a heavy burden from my heart. What bothers you, Mal? You don't sound well. I am filled with fear and torment, with terrible visions of pain. Everywhere people are hurting one another. The planet is rampant with injustices. Whole societies plunder groups of their own people. Mothers imprison sons, children perish while brothers war. Oh, whoa! What's the matter with that if it's what you want to do? But nobody wants it. Everybody hates it. Oh, well stop it then. At which point she turned herself into an aspirin commercial and left the Polly father stranded alone with his species.
0: Now, when you were going over that list, I just wanted to interject with dogs and cats, living it together, (laughs) mass hysteria. Yeah, I know. I didn't, but I wanted you to be able to go through and read it.
1: I'm really proud of you for the restraint. But I just (laughs) like that with the whole idea of presenting Eris with all this terrible stuff. She's like, well, what's wrong? Everybody wants to do it. Well, stop it then.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very very hitchhikers with her turning into an aspirin commercial. Yes,
1: it is. I, I have to wonder how many of the authors I've read knew about the Principia Discordia? Like, did Adams know?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, most likely.
1: Probably. So anyway, that's that's our final little bit. So that leaves me to say, well, first off, we got any plugs? Spark plugs? Butt plugs? Nope. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Butt plug <laughs> david you got anything you want to plug
0: um yeah RG Bots is coming back we're going through kevin you're helping me uh yep. update the archive pulling everything from twitter putting on the website I'm gonna start producing more content again um you know i i'm kind of try to embrace kind of the more discordian elements of it my is, point of view it is um, a very discordian
1: comic. comic in its own way
0: yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward and that that's the thing, like, I've been sitting on all these punchlines, but I haven't made new comics because I gotta pull all the old comics off of Twitter, uh, or I'm sorry X. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so, long story short, fuck Elon Musk. RG Bot's yeah. is coming back.
1: Yep, awesome. I think yep. you should bring it back on, uh, Mastodon.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be posting, like, new strips on Mastodon as they go up.
1: Awesome. Yep. Okay, uh, and Mike, your plugs are for the butt. Yep. Yes. But plugs. All right. And uh, my plug is for this show. Please listen to this show. If you haven't listened to this show, listen to this show. You can and please find, share it with people. Share it with your... If you've enjoyed this show, please share it with your friends.
0: You know, share it with your enemies, too.
1: Yeah, maybe they... If you don't like it, maybe they will. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find all the information you could probably ever want to about the show on SupernatPod. Rocks. That is SupernatPod. Rocks, as in a group of singular rocks. And uh, you can find links to our Discord, our Patreon. Uh, all the episodes you can find a contact form if you would like to advertise with us which you can advertise with us and uh yeah we just really enjoy doing the show and we're glad you're all listening hey yeah yep i forgot how to end this show so goodbye no (laughs) (laughs) anyway we'll see you next time Uh, next week I am working on an episode about the Dogon tribe in Africa which should be very fascinating not just because of the crazy uh, bookstore racism stuff but uh, the Dogon are kind of a fascinating story in general so should be fun hope you enjoy it I'll have it ready next week so until then everyone stay safe and stay frosty Goodbye.
0: Someone should check up on those cats.
1: Somebody should check up on those. Mike, go check on the cats.
2: Goodbye, kitties.
1: Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow,
2: meow, meow, meow. Give me your money. Meow, meow, meow. Join the Super Patreon. <laughs>